The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Mooney from the Mooniverse, and welcome to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. I've taken the very best of what I've learned over the last decade of working in the spiritual industry, and now I'm bringing all the teachings, all the tools, all the resources, and all the stories to you in this podcast, where every week you'll meet a new spiritual entrepreneur who's out there doing what they love. They could be just starting out or finding big success, but I want you to connect to the stories and feel connected to the journey. I'll see you in the podcast. Hey everybody, it's Mooney and welcome to another episode of the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast. And we're here with Gene Durkin and we're going to be talking about a bunch of things, but I want to first kind of set the stage for what these conversations are. If you're listening for the first time, this is an opportunity for you to hear what it's really like out there for spiritual entrepreneurs, things that come up that maybe you aren't anticipating, things that people are breaking through faster and faster because of the power of having a community, questions that you've always wanted to ask, experiences that you're curious about. That's why we're all here. So Gene, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Awesome. So what I've been asking everybody is we're going to talk a little bit about where you've been and we're going to talk a little bit about where you want to go, but where are you right now? Like what's currently in front of you when it comes to stepping into that spotlight or your business or what you have going on right now? So currently right now, I am almost a full-time medium. I have to take a little bit on the side to work on the technology part. Uh, (laughs) And I... still doing readings and I'm starting to do my platform now that the world is a little more open. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do galleries soon. And um, we are starting a podcast to help people go from survival to thriving. And I do a, a mentorship Mm -hmm. uh, once a month where people can come on and ask me their questions or so I'm starting to grow that part of it too. So yeah. So you're transforming your business from the one-to-one model of, I'm a medium and I'm doing readings and I'm selling blocks of time to now all of a sudden you're opening up to larger ways of sharing your gift and talking to people and working with people and getting them to the information that they need. So this is like an important transition for your business. Let's say it's that, is that all of a sudden you're going from this thing. And how long have you been doing mediumship in the way that you've been doing it? I have seven, eight years now. Yeah. So seven or eight years of doing your business this way. 
and like getting yourself, working yourself up to almost full time, how long did it take for you to get from, you know, just starting out and, and doing readings here and there? Tell me that whole beginning part of the journey. Okay. So um, the beginning part was, it was very slow. It was very, I was afraid mm-hmm. to let anybody know I had to kind of go around. I felt kind of like a backdoor kind of thing. And then we just took it one step at a time. I, we, I used to do a podcast and a radio show with a paranormal group and a group of people who like to explore other realms and other theories and things like that. So that was big for me. That was the first time I stepped out in public, came out in public. Had you um, known your whole life that you had this ability or was it something that happened later? How did that, so what was that like for you? I had my first actual experience at 15, okay. but in my house, it was considered so normal by my mother that I didn't know that this stuff didn't happen to everybody else. I read into the light and those type of books at 10, 11, 12 years old. That's what I did for fun on the winter in the weekend winters. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was going through what I would only describe as one of the worst, worst divorces in history. Lifetime movies wouldn't even believe it. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) every morning, this boy used to come to me, same time, same place, tell me things. I'd go to a PTA meeting and that just happened. That just happened. So I called my mother and I said, I'm losing it. You're going to have to come and take my kids. I think I got to go to the psych hospital. And she laughed at me. She said, you just need a mentor. Interesting. So you were raised in this woo-woo bubble where it was like perfectly normal. And this is just how we are. And this is something that's in my family. Uh, But it seems like there was like a point where you're like, how do I put these two things together? Yes. And then what was, once you knew you had to find a mentor, how, what, what happened then? I just asked for it at that point. You know, sometimes the universe will bring you to your knees and try and build you back up to where you're supposed to be. And at that point, I really was just, I trust you, God, universe, whatever, Jesus, whatever. I had an incredible, um, I guess I'll call it out of body experience with St. Michael that to this day is one of the best gifts I've ever had. And after that, things started to change. So tell me now, I guess, if if that's where the story started and it brought you kind of to this moment where you've got seven or eight years of now, I'm assuming regular clients that see you on a regular basis and you've built up a business that, like you said, you're almost full time, which means, you know, to me, to translate that to everyone who's listening, that it's paying your bills, it's, you know, it's putting food on the table it's the primary focus of what you're doing or the, you know, almost the primary focus of what you're doing. And this is a career thing for you now. Um, This is not, you're not just moonlighting. This is it. Um, it. How did that happen? What was your muggle job before you were able to switch into almost full time? I'm a court reporter. I'm the lady who sits in court and takes down everything that everybody says. While training with James Van Prague, I wanted to quit because I don't like it. (laughs) And he said, no because it's great practice for me because I'm letting the words in and coming out, you know, when I'm medium, they're coming out here when I'm the court reporter, they're coming out here, but it's the same process. Okay. So that kind of keeps you grounded in a practice. It keeps your skills sharp, but primarily you're doing the readings. So 
tell me about what your read the experience of your readings is like for people. Like, how do you do it? What's because again, like a lot of people out there that are trying to do readings or figure out how to do what they want to do, it's good to have like a template or an example. So walk me through what that looks like. So I firmly believe that you know, all medium, we're all different, just like people. We're all different and we all have certain experiences in life that bring a, a little different zing to our readings. I come into a reading and I will, you know, whatever comes through. It's funny because they call me a spitfire um, <laughs> because I'll tell you like it is if I have to. I don't like right. to, but sometimes I have to. And I have a lot of clients who are stuck either through some type of narcissistic abuse or some type of not being able to move on past a death or whatever's happened in their life. So I get a lot of those. My gift is life lessons and life purpose. I just know what they are. But I go through the, the reading as just bringing in somebody for the, for the, the validation part of it. And then I'll start to go into what they're here for and why they're stuck and what they need to do. You use cards or anything like that, or is it just a straight reading or how, what's that look like? So if I'm doing what, if I'm doing a reading like that, where the client is stuck, I will use cards beforehand. And this is my favorite part. Cause I don't tell them that. they know, but I don't tell them what the cards are. And then when we're done, I'll show them their cards and I will take pictures of them and I give them an email when I'm probably the next day, they get a video and an email for any of the recommendations that I gave them to try and move on or baby steps or whatever it is. And usually a copy of their cards. So it is, it's like a multifaceted approach. Like there's a, there's an agreement already in front of this that you're going to do a reading for them. They know about that. And that's important because I think that line of ethical, ethical practice would require you seek permission when you do readings, which is something I strongly believe. So I love that you have that already in there. And then that reading without, with them knowing about it, kind of, it sounds like drives how the the actual reading goes, or at least it's kind of based on some sort of structure of that. And at the end, there's like this big reveal, right? For yes. validation on the cards. And then they get homework, right? It seems yes. like, or homework, or maybe just some like some points of clarity or some things that they could be doing to help integrate this information or whatever, whatever info yes. that they got, you know, and, and how to make it work in their li- life. Yeah. Just, they have the video, but I will also give them a little bit of advice. Like if it's a parent who lost a child. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll give them a little bit of advice or maybe a little, you know, thing that the child wants to say. And then maybe in a paragraph, teach them how to meditate and get through and feel. And so they can do it themselves. So how full is your schedule? Because I think people, it's good for everyone to kind of hear if you're thinking of starting, you're just starting out and you have like one or two a week. How many readings are you doing every day, every week, every month? How would you, what would you Obviously say? Obviously that varies. Um, I usually, my schedule opens at three in the afternoon and then I close it down at seven. So some days I'm going boom, 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 boom. Some days I might have a, a part in between. And okay. then on the weekends, I do my galleries. That's a great template for everyone who's listening is that you make it work with the schedule that you have. And so I always say this, I would never recommend that anybody has wall to wall, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Like having those openings on your schedule invites a certain level of overwhelm and burnout and things that you wouldn't want to do. So how did you get to the point of figuring out what your schedule, what the best schedule for you was? It started out, I'm a single mom, so I needed to be able to 
not have to have the school call me and say, come pick somebody up or can I go to somebody's house or whatever. I started when they got home and I knew I could control the rest of my schedule. Yeah, That was very important to me because that would send me energetically, you know, I call a client and say, I've got to run to the school and then try and fit her in. It's too, that's too stressful for me. And I am just, I like everything neat and clean. When I go to read, that's what I want to do. So if I start in the afternoon or later in the afternoon, everything can be done and I can meditate. I don't have to, I don't have anything in the back of my head saying, did you make that check to the bank yet? Did you, when I sit down, that's all that I want to worry about. And then on the weekends, how did you figure out that that was the better day for the gallery readings? Galleries obviously take longer to do. They take a lot more energy. So I wanted to make sure that I, when I was done, I didn't have to worry about going back into the next day energetically. Was. I saw Tyler Henry this year on, um, I think it was Netflix's show. And he's not well lately because he's going and he's going. So I, I try and take care of the energy first because that's kind of like self-care and then move it that way. Yeah. Self-care for psychics is definitely something that should be out there. So I wonder if that's even an episode of your podcast. So now, now that we kind of understand where you've been and kind of where you are now, you, you gave us a list of the stuff that you're working on, but let's go one by one. Tell me about the podcast and what the intention is there. So the podcast is called Memos from Heaven. And it's the subline on that is going to be, you know, what the other side wants you to know about living. I'm going to have people in every week, hopefully to bring their side of spiritual life in and teach people that it's, it's not what they think it is. You know, you're not going straight to hell because you didn't put the grave blanket on in time. I promise you that. So we're going to do things like that and teach them. And then I'm going to also take somebody who wants to start, who has no knowledge whatsoever of the other side and then take them through from a read their first reading and periodically take them through maybe a past life regression or an energy clearing and things like that and see at the end of the process what their thoughts are now. So, you know, what's interesting there is that more people than I think we realize have intuitive abilities, psychic abilities, mediumship abilities. I think that, you know, I, I've been accused of having them once or twice myself. I've definitely had moments where and I know there's like one or two of those moments where like you very clearly get a message and you do something and it either avoids some calamitous thing or it lines you up for something else that, and you're like, okay, well, where did that come from? Right. You know, and thanks for whoever sent me that message. So I think there's a lot of us that have the ability. It's just a matter of, do we know how to like lean into it? Do we know how to turn it up to 11? Do we know how to turn it off in some cases? You know, what, what do we do with it? And I think that you know, the concept of what you're trying to bring everyone in the podcast is just education and resources, right? For if you have this intuitive ability, or if you think you might have it, or if you want to have it, you know, what would you say to anybody who's looking for that type of information as to why they would want to come and hang out with you for a while? Yeah, I have a lot of clients who literally have no knowledge at all that there's some sort of afterlife, that there's some sort of God or universe or anything. They just are kind of plotting day by day by day, just trying to get through life. And after a while, that can be really taxing. Yeah. Um, How do they find you if they don't, 
like how does it happen if there's someone who's kind of stuck in this kind of human existence and they don't really have an awareness of the the bigger spiritual part of it do they get like recommended to you do people buy them readings like how do they find you so most of those people find me through recommendations and through the old radio show that I used to do with the paranormal people and they're really uh, those are the people that I feel for the most because they're really hurting. They're really stuck. They're really, and then they think that there's nothing. Like I got to do this for the next 25 years. Right. I was just counting down on the, on my clock to see exactly. Yeah. That's not a life. I think that's, that's really clear to me is it's hard to, to imagine that it all just stops and ends and that there's nothing afterwards. And then it's just gone. I mean, I know there's people who believe that I don't necessarily subscribe to that because it seems like it's more fun to think like there's this whole other experience that you get to have afterwards and the time here kind of informs some of what happens in the next part. Maybe you could have a good time here while you're here too. Yeah, sure. And have a little more fun here, you know, knowing that there's going to be this thing. We'll be back with more right after this break. the podcast is really exciting for me. The, the gallery thing I'm curious about and explain to everybody, especially those who are starting out, let's kind of even pretend this is one of your podcast episodes is how do you do a gallery? Like what are the, what is it like to have a gallery experience with you? So in a gallery, it holds any, usually anywhere from 50 to maybe for me, 125 people. You just, you know, you sit in there and then I get ready in the back and I'll, I'll come out and introduce myself, explain how everything works. And because gallery readings are a little, there's a little more tension there in the air. Everybody's nervous. They haven't been there with their family and you get that platform amnesia and I call on you and you're like, no, 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 no. And then, you know. Um, and then they call you later and they're like, oh, well, I forgot this. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too sometimes. So, um, you know, whoever comes through, I just find out who the message goes to. I give them a couple of quick messages that the universe wants me to give them. And then I, you know, go on to the next person. And I find that most people that are at the galleries have just started stepping to their toe into this because maybe they've just lost their first close loved one or they're unaware. I very rarely remember when I'm done. So I have a blast in a sense, because I'm trying to keep it light. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I only have snippets of memory. You're kind of, it's. do you feel like it's, you're channeling info? Do you feel like you're out of your body? Like, what is that sensation like? When I'm in it, it's, it's kind of, I have a sensation here almost. Like, mm. it's kind of, it feels to me um, like you're playing that game telephone and somebody's whispering in your ear and you're playing it at a wedding. Interesting. So I know I'm there. I just am really trying to listen to this person trying to tell me this very important message while still trying not to be rude to the in-laws at the table. Got it. <laughs> totally got it. <laughs> That's a great way of explaining it. So you do these in person. Do you do also do these online? Yes. Okay. Yes. How Most of my it... one-on-ones are online now. Okay. So the one-on-ones are online and the gallery readings are those like a mix of in-person and online or how does it work, you know, for you and your schedule to make that happen? Okay. So the galleries I do in person, I will do it online if one of my children would, you know, volunteer to help do the tech when I'm doing that, because yeah. I'd be like a lion cub just banging on the keys. I, I don't know that. I- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to do it. I think when you're 
when your focus is like you said, like listening to the the can on the string, it's probably very difficult to then step out of that and have to focus on what's happening on a computer. So yeah. that's that is a problem or a challenge. I think a lot of people who do readings, specifically with gallery readings, may have is you have to have somebody who's grounded and firmly planted in their their human experience to be able to operate some of those technical things so that you can focus on the spiritual thing that you're doing. So that's definitely something to consider when doing these gallery readings, but does everybody get a reading in a gallery reading? Like, how does that, how does that all kind of unfold? I don't think I've ever, Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm wrong. One time I ended up staying an extra two hours and everybody got a reading. Yeah. You live, you learn. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get out of bed for two days after that. I was going to say, you probably only did that once and you never needed to learn that. again. (laughs) I I couldn't even lift my head for two days. I was just lying there looking at the ceiling. Not everybody gets a reading and they work it out on the other side, who's coming through for who. But I think that there's a general message that comes across in every gallery reading that people can take away from. It's for everybody. Yeah, it really is. If you That's can so get over that, I didn't get a message. There's usually a general message. That there's something in there. There's some form of healing. There's some little thing. There's some little glimmer that there's... affects most of the people that are there. So they feel like they got something. And I got to be honest too, like part of my favorite thing about gallery readings and events and spiritual events like this is like, there is a certain element of like voyeurism. Like you get to watch other people go through these emotions and even watching somebody else process something that's difficult or process an emotion or be able to, you know, feel the relief of knowing that their loved one is okay. All of that feeds you, right? All of that feeds everybody that's watching it and gives you a little bit of that, that kind of experience, you know, uh, vicariously through these other people that are having it. And so you're right. It does entertain and educate and enlighten and empower everybody that's in the room when that stuff happens. So that's fascinating. (laughs) It is because I just, I went to watch one. I went to a gallery. I was a participant (laughs) and for professional development reasons. (laughs) (laughs) We're stalking it. No, Um, almost everybody in that room had lost a child. Wow. It's amazing how that happens. And then after a little while, animals started coming through. I had never seen that before. I'd seen it, but not in the amount that had happened that night. And I had just lost my dog. So synchronistically, people with children that have crossed over, people with pets that have crossed over all randomly or not so randomly showed up at this event. And then that was the theme of the readings is what you're saying. That's incredible. Yeah, it, it is. I walk away from a gallery reading, whether I'm working it or whether I'm a participant in it going. wow, That's really neat. Tell everybody that's listening. How do they get in touch with you? How do they find out about signing up for a one-on-one reading or participating in one of the gallery things? How do they get in touch with you? They can find me on my website at jeandurkin.com. I am on Instagram and Facebook. So everywhere that you can be right now, you're available. And tell me about, you know, and I joke around about this because I say in all of my classes that getting your first name, last name.com is like winning the lottery. And so how, what was that experience like of getting jeandurkin.com and and finding it and getting it and having it be available? I had previously gone by Gene M. Durkin because there was a little family ruckus about people wanting to make sure that I was, you know, they didn't think I 
I was separate. You know what I mean? I had the M in there. My mother's name is Jean. My aunt's name is Jean. So, and then when I got the, just the Jean Dirk and done, I was like, oh, it was, did you ever try and get tickets to like Bruce Springsteen or something on the phone or online and you're going and you're putting the information, you're like, please, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> please let it go through. Please let it go through. Yes. I've oh. totally been there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and I say, I bring that up because that's like a lot of times taking something out of the realm of like, of, of the wish and the hope and the prayer and the dream and putting it into reality could be as simple as going on to Google domains and trying to get your first name, last name. And I talk about this all the time. It is to me like the gateway of taking it seriously. And it's one of those things that you absolutely can do at the very front with zero plan, zero idea of where it's going to go. But it's like, you know what your first name is, you know what your last name is, go and see if it's available and just reserve it. I mean, in a lot of cases, you're getting it for 11 bucks, 15 bucks. I mean, most everybody can swing that to just lock it down and have it on standby for when you're ready for the next step. So, I mean, I really have to hand it to you. It's incredible that you got it because how long ago did you get just Gene Durkin? It wasn't that long ago, right? No, no. Yeah. Um, So it was out there. And, you know, no other Gene Durkins were looking to get it, which is lucky because chances are, if you have like a, a common name, someone else has grabbed it, like a photographer or, you know, like a musician or something like that. Uh, but in your case, you were very, very lucky to get that URL. And then to me, energetically, it's got to have been like very, uh, like giving you a lot of confidence to have that foundation of like, it's just genedurkin.com. Like there's no, right. there's no other things you have to do. Just come and find me, genedurkin.com. It's me. You know, what was that transformation like for you? energetically it was very powerful and it helped me stand in my own power I Mm. felt like I was in my own power because this was my website it was official and it was my first step amazing being official yeah and there is something to be said for having that again it's like a foundational thing it makes a lot of sense and you kind of know it when you get there because a lot of times I think in, in situations like what you're talking about, it's like, oh, you know, I have a family thing or I want to create some separation between me and what I'm doing. And so you come up with these kind of like long, you know, long URLs that it's hard for people to remember and it's hard for them to connect to. And it really could be anybody. But, you know, you're Gene Durkin. It's GeneDurkin.com. There's no mistaking, you know, where you are going to be. And I keep saying your URL over and over again, because my hope is everybody listening is going to go and check it out. So you can not only learn more about Gene, but potentially go and sign up for a reading. And then even beyond that, become a part of the offerings that she's got available to sharpen your own psychic skills. And I think, so do you work with psychics? Do you work with mediums, intuitives? Like what's the, the, who's the, the, the ideal client and customer you're looking for? My ideal client is somebody who is stuck, who is hurting for whatever reason, has no idea what is happening to them. And doesn't know how to get out of it via narcissistic abuse or a death that they just can't get over. Those, when I see a client go from that state to, I just got my dream job or I just met somebody, I'm not going to lie, I've cried. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big softie, even though everybody says otherwise, but that's my favorite. But I do have a number of people who, come to me on my mentorship Mondays or anything like that. And they think they're going crazy. And then they find out, no, you're just 
psychic or this is your intuition or your intuition or you know that was uncle bob talking to you and and now they feel like they're not crazy yeah and oh where do i go from here those i love those and it does feel that way. I think when you're floundering or you're drowning or whatever word you want to use to describe that uncertainty or that feeling or just not having a solid foundation to stand on or solid footing in yourself or in your identity, it can be so hard to make any decision to do anything to accomplish anything when you have this like big uncertainty kind of dragging you down. And it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like people that come and work with you are able to kind of set that down and walk away from it that you're able to take that uncertainty and just remove it from the equation or at least lessen it for a minute so that you can look around and say, okay, this is real. This is, this is me. I'm, I'm having an experience. I'm validating that experience. I'm going to trust that experience and I'm going to move forward. So what would you say to somebody that's on the fence maybe about like whether or not they should work with you or whether or not they should explore these skills? What would you say to encourage somebody? I think if you have these skills or you think you have these skills that you should at least participate in either getting a reading or taking a class or finding these skills were given to you for a reason. You planned this before you came down here. You know, I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to get up there and go, oh, I missed it again. I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll, you'll be stepping into who you are, who you were yeah. meant to be. Oh, that's fantastic. Some people can do it. Some people can't. And that's okay. Um, But you got to try. I think that's it. I think that's a big part of it is that just, you know, cross it off the list of things that you, that you will get to the end of your life and say, I wish I had explored that, or I wish I had done that. Or like going back to source and being like, I missed it again. I love that. I'm going to use that forever now. Um, It's so funny. All right. Well, thank you, Gene, for joining us on the podcast. And I'm so looking forward to everything else that you have going on. Go to jeandurkin.com to find out more about what Jean has to offer and how you can work with her and how you could even get a reading and what that might look like. And uh, Jean, we'll see you at the next Dinner to Mooney. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to the Step Into Your Spiritual Spotlight podcast with me, the Mooniverse, and another spiritual entrepreneur that's making a big difference in the world. To find out more, visit www.themooniverse.com. That's T-H-E-M-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.